this thing We're sure you never thought we'd last Oh no We're gonna talk nothing Very little sports With your host Jimmy, Jamie, your James And now you know for sure That it's gonna be a blast It's gonna be a blast Oh yeah This is the podcast I was le- legitimately terrified a minute ago, <laughs> as uh, Puff and I were sitting in the studio getting ready to do the podcast, and over Puff's shoulder, standing there, was I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, you look like a, you look like from the Warriors. Well, uh, did you ever see the Warri- Warriors? I, I have. So. Come out to play. This is this is a I guess this is ultimately my ultimate. I was going for Sting, uh, the wrestler. Okay, and he had a crow gimmick. Yeah. All right. The so crow. Yeah, that's what you kind of. So Lester is, kind of is dressed crow. all in black. Yeah. Black gloves. He's got a baseball bat. Yeah. And he's got some scary kind of white face. face. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in these turbulent times, Yes, Lester, I don't think that's appropriate (laughs) anymore. Perhaps I will not be here for real next week. (laughs) (laughs) No, we know what you're going for. It's terrifying. And um, uh, Stoff has has a big, giant bear hat on. Yeah. So I will post. He looks like a DJ. (laughs) I will post all these. I am dressed as a sportscaster. I was going to say. Successful white guy. Quite stretched. <laughs> Quite a stretch. And you are dressed as puffy. No, uh, with a, a hoodie uh, and a gambling debt. No, that's a Starbucks cup. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. It's unbelievable. I will post all the photos uh, on our Instagram account um, at Rubber Boots. Is that what the hell it is? At Rubber Boots. I don't know what the hell it is. Rubber anymore. Boots Pod, maybe? Rubber, Rubber Boots Thank pod. you. Rubber boots thank pod. you. <laughs> we have really slacked on that. We have. Ha- well, have we don't to, have an intern. We have to hire this intern quickly. <laughs> we're just hiring. We're interviewing everyone and no hires. You know what? I actually, I'm dressed as a competent sportscaster today instead <laughs> of my usual uh, attire, which would be. I, I, it's rare that I have the actual uh, shirt and uh, pants on. Yes. For Because I'm usually dressed like you. Yes. Like a bum for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's a very. Hey. Very special Successful day. Successful bum. <laughs> very special day here on episode six because uh, Bobby Orr. Number oh. four. As soon as I'm done with you clowns, Bobby Orr steps. Well, hold on. We're not all heading down to interview Bobby Orr. <laughs> no. There'll be no questions from Puffy or Lester or Stoff to Bobby Orr. It's just Did Bobby the song bother and I. you, Bobby? Did it bother you? <laughs> Bobby, which intern would you pick? <laughs> you think about it. Think about our podcast, though. Our, our special guests this year have been like Megan Wong, yes. Laura Cope, yeah. the Scots, intern candidates, and Jeff Winnie randomly calling in. Correct. And now we get to go to Bobby Orr. Paul Bissonnette. And we go from that to Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. Yeah. I mean, that is a jump. There's no middle ground there. No. Right? No offense we, to our intern candidates. Yeah, we should have eased, eased in Bobby. We should have eased in Bobby. We love them all. But Bobby freaking Orr. That's awesome. Um, you know, everybody, I have a couple of Bobby Orr stories. I'll just tell one quick one because I, I love Bobby Orr. I've, I don't pretend to know him well, but I've had multiple run-ins with him on Hall of Fame stuff and everything. And I don't know if you guys have... Have you seen the, the Hall of Fame, the movie that they play, like the 3D movie? I haven't seen it, but I know you are part of it. Right. Because so people have told me. I'm like the... I introduce the movie. Okay. So I basically do some 30-second intro, and then I take a, a wrist shot at the camera. It's the, woo, 3D thing. And oh, the nice. movie is basically How about... How many takes did you have to do? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a rubber puck, too. <laughs> the, uh, the movie is just basically like a pickup hockey game but there's somebody who's Bobby Orr, there's somebody who's Wayne Gretzky, there's okay. somebody who's Mario Lemieux, and... They couldn't get the real guys? <laughs> I guess they couldn't get the real guys. But so the premiere night, uh, we go in to watch the movie, the okay. premiere, 
at the Hall of Fame. How long is this movie? And I'm, it's like 20 minutes. Oh, okay. 15 minutes, right? You just go in there. It's part of your Hall of Fame thing. And uh, Bobby, Bobby is there and sitting next to me. Uh-huh. And uh, the game starts. And I guess the Mario or Gretzky character, I can't remember, comes in and gets by Bobby Orr and scores. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> it's dark in the theater and all quiet. Bobby Orr leans over to me and goes, Minus one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I thought that was great. Nice. Can I tell a quick Bobby Orr? Yeah, story? yeah, go. I was doing an event uh, for it was uh, at the time of the the, the Rose Cherry uh, Home for Kids. Mm-hmm. And so uh, of course it was a fir- my first year, and Bobby was there. Um, I met Don and met uh, Ron and everything. But um, Don, uh, Bobby was sitting eating, and and somebody took me over to introduce me, which is very nice. And Bobby Orr eating his dinner. Takes his time, stands up, shakes my hand. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, this guy doesn't know me from Adam. He's eating. I'm interrupting him. He stood up. Gentleman shakes my, shakes my hand. I'll never forget that. Class act. Bobby Orr, Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, and I hope now Connor McDavid, and from what I hear, Connor McDavid, they have that special something. They understand what they are, and... And they do those kind of things, which yeah. is which is fantastic. It is pretty amazing. Like Crosby, every Stanley Cup final when he's in there, it's he, he always, you know, Bob and I will be standing in a corner somewhere, and we're not the type to go in like with all the things we sort of. And he'll always come up at least once during a final and spend ten minutes with us, nice. just shooting the breeze, nice. because that's yeah. and you know, I, and, he, and he's always there to do his yeah, commitment. Yeah, he, he's uh, fantastic, unbelievable, and uh, I, I like from what I hear again, Connor. Going to be basically the same thing. So Bobby Orr coming up. If you've, uh, if we're probably going to pump Bobby Orr when we uh, pump this podcast. Yes. So we'll probably have new listeners that have just shown up for Bobby Orr and yeah. right away already are saying, "Who are these clowns?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Where's Bobby? <laughs> where the hell is Bobby? Why am I listening to these guys? Uh, it's the Rubber Boots Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about sports and uh, life and a lot of silly stuff. Lester is our musician, and uh, he's a creep today. He's very terrifying. Puffy is our <laughs> professional gambler. Uh, Stoff is our excellent producer. Uh, we have some fun every week. But if you just want to keep fast-forwarding, which you're probably already doing right now, and get to Bobby Orts at the end of the podcast. Also, second reason it's a huge week, massive sponsorship news Oh wow! on the podcast. Oh, no. uh, of course, we have two great sponsors, iDrinkCoffee.com, who's been there from the beginning, our yeah. loyal sponsors. Uh, I talked to Slavic the other day. We're going to have a giveaway, a giveaway oh, from iDrinkCoffee.com this season. Right. Uh, the Gans Award, of course, and Turks and Caicos. We <laughs> love those guys as well. They'll sponsor segments a little bit later on. Two, not one, but two new sponsors How did you pull on off? today's podcast. Oh. First one, this is, you know, you know, I like to have a relationship with the sponsors, right? Yes. And we like to bring them in. When I listen to podcasts, I fast forward the commercials. Okay. I, I often do that. Yeah. And, we want to do, we don't want that to happen. We want our, our sponsors to be partners. That's why we have Slavic on to talk about soccer. Yeah. That's why we, you know, we weave it and Lester does all the great songs he does for the Gans of War. Yes. People love to listen to those. Um, this is the first one sponsor we've had where it's one of those sponsors you hear on other pods. Okay. So, you know, all they want is us to read their commercial, but we're going to do more than that. We've got to figure something out. 100%. All right. Untuck it. Oh, have you heard oh, of yeah, Untucker? Of course, I've heard of Untucker. First, I'm going to do the mandatory read. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, uh, Untucker to those shirts. Right, it's a it's a never a good look when you untuck a long bulky dress shirt. I am wearing a dress shirt right now without a jacket. Yes, I have it tucked in. 
Yeah. I was at a wedding on the weekend. I'll get into that in the yeah. week that was. I didn't know what to do when I got on the dance floor. Do I leave it tucked in? No. And you look like a 50-year-old geek, man. Yes. But when you untuck the shirt at that point, it's a little too long. It's, it's kind of wrinkly. It's all wrinkly. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I needed my untuck it shirt. That's uh-huh. why untuck it makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. A casual shirt that's not too long, not too short. It's just perfect puffy. Untuck it shirts are a go-to for any occasion from casual to dressy with more than 50 sizing options. That's good because we're all different sizes yeah, we are all. on this podcast. I'm different sizes week to week. <laughs> <laughs> Every guy can find the perfect shirt. Go to untuckit.com, check out all the new fall arrivals. I'm going to get you guys some untucked oh. shirts. And then we'll wear them on the pod. I'll only wear it on the pod. Oh, and we'll word. look like a and boy band. At weddings. No word on stage. Uh, go to untuckit.com, check out the new fall arrivals. Use the promo code Rubber Boots. So now, here, listeners, oh, you need to support the pod. This. You have to use the promo code Rubber Boots. You get 20% off wow. your untuck it shirt. And you support the podcast because those Untucket guys in their Untucket offices are going to say, holy cow, look at all these rubber boots guys buying shirts. Uh, Visit Untucket at their brand new first Canadian retail store in Sherway Gardens. I don't know Toronto. That's somewhere down. Yeah, it's off, in the uh, West young, End. West End. Oh, yes. West End. No, yeah. West End. Yeah. Jesus. Shop online anywhere. <laughs> young Street. You're like one of those out of towners. Everything's know. on Young Street. <laughs> Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untuckit.com. Use the promo code Rubber Boots. So uh, we'll come up with an Untuckit segment. You guys can work yeah, on that. Sure. We'll Lester, Lester, I'm sure we'll work on an well, Untuckit song. song. We'll be and we'll be nice wearing pants. our Untuckit shirts. It, it's actually, honestly, I, this is one of those like million dollar ideas. I wish I had, but never. Yeah, but I don't know. Really, I'm curious to see even the technology like, look at, on look this at thing. Like, look, like yeah, this, like, look, it looks terrible. It looks, it looks, awful. Well, it looks awful. It looks, it looks awful. terrible. It looks right? Awful. It's an embarrassment. I it would is. throw you out of a, an establishment for that. Because <laughs> the problem is you get dry cleaning, uh-huh. and then your look, shirt looks great. You tuck it in, and then as soon as you tuck it out, it looks no, ter- terrible. And that's what I saw. So I pulled it out on the dance floor yeah. the other night, and I thought I was looking pretty cool, and uh, no, was it was not happening whatsoever. So we welcome Untuck It to the Rubber Boots podcast. Uh, secondly... Uh, look, when you, when you want your hockey information, we want you to go to tsn.ca, uh, obviously. Sure. Go to tsn.ca first, but then on your little laptop, you press that little plus button in the corner, 100. which I, I just found that about two weeks ago, by the way. <laughs> I, used to, I used to just <laughs> have to type what's in the, the other page. Fine for <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you got to go to puckpedia.com. Puckpedia.com. So, so puckpedia.com was this place I was visiting. It's this really cool site. Uh-huh. If, you're, if you're a diehard into hockey and for someone like me that has to know things, it's got all the salary cap information for Every single player who signed to a professional contract with a National Hockey League team, which is 2,000-plus players, yep. if you count the guys just drafted. It has really cool stuff like all the agents. No one's ever done this before. It lists all the agents and how many players they have. So there's like a top 100 agents. Like Pat Brisson's up there with his billion dollars worth of contracts. And That's J- awesome. JP that, is, Berry. that is very good. So they have all sorts of stuff at puckpedia.ca. And... Um, uh, my, I, I, I met this guy, Hart, who runs the site yep. uh, from L.A., just a guy who from Los Angeles. loves hockey, lives in L.A., and this was his passion. And so he's just gotten started over the last few months, and it's already doing really, really well. It's the ultimate source for hockey fans and professionals, so it has the salary cap info, the contracts, advanced stats, basic stats. They're going to have uh, questions you can ask the capologist about so you can learn a uh, player dashboard to filter various criteria. Follow. I'd like to know what number Willie Nylander needs to sign at for us not <laughs> there to be screwed. There you go. You can ask the capologist uh, at Puckpedia on Twitter, the one-stop shop for hockey info. Uh, we wanted to do better than that. Hart, uh, Hart loves the pod, by the way. Oh, big fan. Uh, he's been listening to the pod for a long time. That's why he wanted to get involved with us. And so Lester uh, came together, and uh, we debuted today the Puckpedia theme song. Let me tell you about Puckpedia. Stats, contracts, and caps, it's all there for you. One-stop shop. 
For your hockey information, it's a new sensation. So log on, log on, log on. If you give a buck, go to buckpedia.com. Love it. Oh, heart, yeah. heart that's loves really the song that's a hit. That's How a many hit. people are in there? There's about 12 people in that song. Well, it's dude. all me, but... Wow. Uh, that seriously is all you. <laughs> that's all me. Wow, I love how he does that. Uh, the layers. Oh, yes. I know. Um, so, we're going to have a Puckpedia segment. Okay. And uh, this is the debut of the Puckpedia segment today, which you guys know nothing about. Yeah, we don't. Oh, I'm going to be okay. the Alex Trebek for the segment. Going Usually, you, you make me look stupid with your... Uh, I'd say 1999 Puffy would do better at this than this one. I'll take <laughs> the tits now for 200 <laughs> Let it snow. No! It's not. It's a French expression. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, like I said, we know we're hockey guys. We know most of the yes. players in the NHL. But once you get into the AHL and those contracts, you know, every oh, team's okay. got 50 contracts. Yeah. It oh. gets a little. Oh, okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to ask you for how much a guy's making or his stats. Okay. Um, these are, I'm going to give you three names. Yes. Two of them are real. Okay. One of them is not real. Okay. And you guys are going to have to decide which one is not real. And these are players in the AHL? Uh, they could be in the NHL. They oh, could they, be drafted in the they're NHL. Professional but they've hockey all players. been part of an They're all one of the, you know, every team gets 50 yeah. contracts. They're part of an NHL Okay, uh, they're on a, an NHL deal. Okay. All right. First up, Connor Bunneman. Connor Bunneman, a 6'1", 21-year-old center. The Flyers' fourth-round pick in 2016, Connor Bunneman. Okay. Next up. Chad Bailey, 20 years old, 5'11", left winger, taken by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the sixth round in 2017. Chad Bailey. And finally, Chaz Redekop, 6'3", defenseman, 21, 2015, seventh rounder by L.A. So I did the C's this time. Connor Bunneman, Chad Bailey, Chaz Redekop. You all have to decide which is the fake hockey player. Uh, who wants to start? Lester, would you like to start? I'm going to start. First of all, I have to say I love that announcing voice. You're right into the draft uh, voice there. Awesome. Very talented. I'm going to say... I am a broadcaster. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I know that. Well, I know that. that. <laughs> I know that. But, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to, you know, you know fluff your pillow. I used to do the draft, remember? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I get, used to be the real guy. <laughs> closest thing I get to it right now. Uh, I am going to go with C. Chaz. Chaz Redekop? Chaz Redekop. You believe that's made that's up? That's fake. That's all right. fake. Uh, Puffy? I'm pretty sure Columbus traded their fourth-round pick in 2016. That, was that a, is a fake pick. Which one? Chad Bailey. Chad Bailey. That's yeah. the sixth-round pick sixth in 2017. Pick. Yeah, they traded that for sure. <laughs> and stuff. I'm, I'm going to go with Chad Bailey. All right. It sounds like the most real name, so it makes me think you thought of it. All right. Connor Bunneman, 6'1", center, 21 years old. The Flyers is a real person. Yes. So one of us is right. One of us is right. One of us is wrong. Chad Bailey, 20 years old, 5'11", left winger, taken by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the sixth round, is a fake person. Oh, yes! Chad Bailey is the T.J. Miller character in Goon 2. Oh, of course. That's oh, where I, I knew I remember player. that. Oh, okay. That's one of my favorite I could have come up. You see, I, what I should have done is come up with a sillier name that you guys would have said, well, that's so crazy that he must have said yeah. that was right. Yeah. 
But uh, you know, I was with Jay Baruchel this week, so I wanted to throw out a, uh, a throw out to nice. Goon too. So Chaz, Re- I, I thought you'd buy on Chaz Redekop. That doesn't sound right. No, Chaz, Chaz Redekop, like my new favorite player. He's too young to be named Chaz. That six, was my thing. Six three defenseman. No? So there you go. That's our first installment of the Puckpedia.com segment. We so enjoyed is that, it heavily. So is that sort of how we're going to do? it? Well, look at here. We can't. We can't go forever on names. We'll, we by the end we'll be like Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll do this for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Hart and I were talking. He's got a he's got a bunch more names. Oh, nice. And I'll do a better job coming up with a silly name okay. next week. And um, so we'll do it until that runs out, and then we'll come up with something new. Sounds good. But you know, the other great thing is, you know, I've always felt even though we want to be uh, different, uh, we joke about the sports thing. This will find us a way to talk a little bit about hockey for sure. in an obtuse way obtuse. Sure, every single week. Time for the Rod Smith Recap, brought to you by our longest-serving and loyal sponsor, idrinkcoffee.com. Middle of the morning, can't keep my eyes open, cause I got to have a, a cup of java. I got to have a, a cup of java. So I better look on, look on. To I drink coffee, I drink In episode 5, James and Lester discussed the birthday party they crashed over the weekend. I'm taking that damn cake, Billy. <laughs> and the sip of your pop. <laughs> Creepy. Poor kids just wanted to play some pin the tail on the donkey. Speaking of tail, Roddy's weekend was fantastic. Sorry. Stick with the recap, Roddy. Stay focused. Rethink that segue. <clears throat> Speaking of body parts, some thought that the voiceover guy in the body parts trailer sounded a lot like Roddy. Body parts. To be honest, Roddy's early 90s are a bit hazy. I mean, that could have been Roddy. Or I could have been in a Colombian brothel with a drummer and bassist from Nine Inch Nails. Who knows? I'll invoice for it anyway. Later on, James shared the line he used to throw at the ladies in the clubs. Are you going to get cremated? Yikes. Almost as awkward as that time Duffy walked in on Brian Mudrick in the TSN bathroom. Pure, sweet, <laughs> butter draw. Make the final. Meanwhile, Lester helped Duffy brainstorm questions for his upcoming interview with Bobby Orr. Uh, I, obviously, you, you like hockey. Who is your team and why? And O-Dog called in again, trying to lobby Duffy for a vacation getaway. What do you think about a couple's trip? Couple's trip? Love it. Roddy just got back from one of those. We had three couples. Roddy and Crystal, Roddy and Simone, Roddy and Juanita. Everyone had a great time. Till next week, kids. <laughs> uh, there we go. Oh, he's back. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was very well done. Christoph, by the way, uh, doing most of the labor now on the Rod Smith recap. He's, and he he's does killing a, it. a fantastic job on it. Um, you know, a couple things in there. Um, first of all, while that was running... I got a missed call from Jeff O'Neill. <laughs> Do I call him back or ask him to call us back? I think, I think you call him back. Well, how about how about I say, uh, I'm going to say, sorry, call me back, was busy, and we'll see if he calls back, all right? Call me. <laughs> would, uh, call, call me back. Frequent contributor to the pod. Call me back, was busy. There you go. See what he says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rod, uh, we mentioned uh, uh, body parts. Yes. And uh, I did an event with Jay Baruchel, uh the other night, and body parts came up again as I was, oh, well, here's Jeff O'Neill. Let's, let, let's start with that. <laughs> hey, Jeff, what's going on, buddy? You know the difference between me and you is I know people. 
and get done. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, you, you made a joke. Can you get me one of those Red Sox hoodies? Mm-hmm. My buddy, his wife's dad owns the Red Sox, so guess what I got coming? A Red Sox hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're taping the pod right now, by the way. You're a special guest again. <laughs> oh, sure you are. I got coffee and whatever is the the, the Ganza for just putting more money in your pocket. <laughs> we got two new sponsors this week as well. Yeah. What do I get out of this? <laughs> Have a good day, Jeff. We'll see you tomorrow for the Leafs. <laughs> I love how he's bragging about how he gets things done. <laughs> His brother's friend of a friend. And, <laughs> ooh, what a contact you got there. The, gr- the great thing is, like, we're taping the pod at an odd hour yeah. this week. Like, and he still happens to call. <laughs> uh, it's just the best ever. So anyway, uh, what was I? I was teeing up body parts. Uh, yeah. let, let's get to the week that was brought to you by the Gansevoort and Turks and Caicos. Let's discuss the week that was with James Debbie and the Rebel Boots Podcast crew. It's like book plug week. Uh, I don't have any books to plug, sadly, this year, but Bobby's book is out. We yes. should give a plug to that and listen hockey to Hockey stories? Uh, everyday Hockey Heroes. Oh, okay, Everyday nice. Hockey Heroes. Uh, mostly written by Jim, <laughs> Jim Lang. <laughs> Bobby I didn't notice did a couple had, of chapters. Had the top, had the top you see, that's what I, I want to get to that occasion. Yeah. There, where And this happens all the time. Yeah. Put your name on a book. They know it sells more. Uh, and so someone else does the legwork. <laughs> most of the legwork. Bobby does a couple of chapters, <laughs> promotes the book, and he did come up with a bunch of the ideas. But, nice. Uh, kudos to Jim Lang for writing uh, most of that book. And uh, the Bobby Orr has a picture book uh, coming out. Uh, awesome. That's why I'm interviewing him today. It's a really cool book. Uh, My life and photos, and you know, family photos, all this stuff never seen before. So uh, that's really cool. We'll post some of those photos if we can on the Rubber Boots account as well. So when you're following along, listening to the interview, you know what we're talking about. And Baruchel has a book out about being a Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. When he was on the pod, we talked about that, I guess, year one of the pod. He was a guest with us when Goon 2 was coming out. And um, it's a really interesting book because it, it, it talks about his fandom. Uh, his father was a diehard fan. His father ended up being a, a, a drug addict and alcoholic who OD'd in his 40s. Oh, geez. Um, so that, and I didn't know that either, which was yeah. fascinating. So get book that's heavy, but it's also really light. He writes hate letters to the Leafs and the, and the <laughs> Quebec Nordiques and the Boston Bruins and all these teams he hates and uh, just what it's like to be a, a Habs fan and a, a very cool book. So I did an interview with Jay on Monday night. They had this thing uh, called Puck Talks where a couple hundred people come, and I interviewed Jay for an hour, but we were hanging out backstage, and I said, well, what an opportunity. Jay loves horror movies. He's yeah. just made a horror movie called Random Acts of Violence, which is out next year, directed okay. it. Why don't I pitch him exactly. on nice. Evil Harvest? Cold pitch. So I start pitching him on Evil, Evil Harvest, Harvest. Yeah. and he stops me halfway. He goes, that's body parts. <laughs> it's the same thing my producer Bill Dodson said a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I'm like, how would you have watched that movie? He goes, oh, I watched every horror movie ever. And I'm like, damn you. <laughs> so we're done? Like that movie is no, not I just I told him mine's different. It's more nuanced than Body Parts. Body Parts was a, you know, a stupid movie where they replaced some guy's arm and the arm started killing yeah. people. Ours, but Multiple I didn't sell him. Jay is not signed on board to oh, be the director. Geez. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I feel like I have, you know, if we come up with something else, 
he's the first guy I could pitch on this stuff. For sure. He's yeah. in the business. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the business. That's how these films get made, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Damn straight. It's you know what? I, I also didn't know how Jay got his break. You know, he was in uh, um, Almost Famous, the, the great Cameron Crowe. He was, yes. He was, uh, had a couple of scenes, but key scenes in Almost Famous, where the kid, sort of reporter, he's kind of his buddy. Oh, he was his buddy. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, so he was in two scenes in that movie, and Judd Apatow, I guess, saw him. And said, uh, "I want you to audition." And so he's he's still living in Montreal. He's about to give up acting. He gets an almost famous two scenes. Uh, Judd Apatow calls, goes down, and in like a day, he gets the lead in a show called Undeclared. Okay, which at the time was untitled Judd Apatow Project. Yeah, and boom, off he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he got hooked up with those like that crew. Yeah, of and people then you suddenly and, know everybody, and uh, yeah, wow. and, and off you go. So uh, uh, the, <laughs> the other funny thing about Jay's book. Is he talks about they always order Saint Hubert, which is the Quebec yeah, version of Swiss Chalet. I hate it. And uh, but he Jay swears it's a hundred times better than Swiss Chalet. No chance. But you know how we call Swiss Chalet the Dirty Bird? Yes. Unless they sponsor a pod, and then we will stop calling them that. <laughs> uh, they call Saint Hubert pubes. What? <laughs> and it's better than Swiss Chalet? Yeah, he's like, you want to order pubes tonight? Oh, <laughs> that is not a way to order it. Dude. Yeah, when we were in my trial for World Juniors, I had some Saint Hubert, and I'm like, this is no Swiss Chalet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Jay's book uh, is out. It's called Born Into It as well. So a uh, bunch of book plugs for you this week. What else? So I'm going to finish my week that was before I get to you clowns. Uh, I went to a wedding, big wedding on the weekend. Who got married? Um, it was just the kid of our old neighbor in our Angus Glen neighborhood. You know, oh, the neighborhood the, with all uh, the lot of yummy inter- mummies and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there was no inter. Yeah, there was a lot of inter stuff. <laughs> no, there was on. not. <laughs> for sure. It was just a neighborhood. You had a- to get out of there because you were worried you were going <laughs> to step outside the boundaries. There was a lot of young parents <laughs> yes. who partied a lot. Yes. Is well, what you I know what happens I when say. the partying happens. So the next door neighbor... Uh, has a son, and he get married young, like he's twenty four. Uh, young, that and is. I think the bride was twenty one. Jeez, pregnant? It, no. What the heck are they doing? <laughs> Indian Italian wedding. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, she's Italian, and he's Indian. And I gotta uh, mean, I, I saw it the other way. <laughs> when you said Indian Italian, I thought it would be the other way. Why? Why did you think I don't that? Know. Just hmm. in my head, it came. <laughs> Interesting. Um, was there like a thousand people? No, nah, maybe three fifty or something like that. Wow. Italians and Indians—they get big uh, numbers. You know what's funny though is I never—I haven't been to a wedding, a young person's wedding like that. Usually, people get wedding married these days at 35, 30, 30 yeah. right? Sure. Mid thirties. Yeah. So you got all these like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old girls and twenty to twenty-three year old guys. It's like a club. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they do that thing where they introduce them when everybody's sitting down. Yeah. And they have like an announcer guy yeah. who's yeah. like, all right, the groomsmen, yeah. Bobby yeah. Smith, and the groom. And they come in with all the, the choice of music selection. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then the speeches, they were all got really drunk, I think, yeah. first of all. The speeches, they were all like wrestling announcers. <laughs> 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 like the best man who's Aaron's brother, Amon, is like... He's doing his thing. And I want to shout out to Nana. <laughs> that was so, every speech was like that. Oh my God. That would have been awesome. And even Aaron's doing his speech. And he's like, you know, usually it's that touching moment. You talk about the bride. Yeah. And he's like, I love this girl. I love this girl. Get up and give her a hand. <laughs> so a beautiful couple, and I wish them all the happiness in the world. That's so, awesome. So that was wonderful. That's awesome. I had a question to ask Puffy about his week that was. Yes. Um, well, two things. First of all, the Arizona-Vancouver bet that I suggested go all in you Coyotes. Did. You did. Pays off huge it for Puffy. 
Were you yeah, proud of me? It was also a minus two hundred. So what would you have won on that? What does that mean? So I had to put down two hundred and twenty dollars. Okay. To win one hundred. Oh. And I think I might have cashed out early. <laughs> the bastards. <laughs> but I got like I think I won like eighty bucks. Maybe. Oh. The Green Bay uh, Rams game. Yes. Where uh, Todd Gurley. Todd yeah. Gurley is going in for a touch two point lead, and he just bails at the three yard line, yeah. which. I'm not even sure that. I mean, I guess it assures you the victory. Yeah. But if you score a touchdown, you're with up twenty eight. seconds left. You're up eight. Oh, so the convert. And you can, you no, can miss and the you extra can, point. Yeah, but if you hit the extra point, you're up nine. Yeah. So it's, also victory. I yeah, know, also victory. Yeah. But, but I guess if you if miss you, it, you're up eight, and then and they have yeah, twenty right. seconds for a hail mary. Okay. So yeah. I, I guess it was a brilliant play in a way. Oh, yeah, brilliant. And, but so you bet on the well. Thankfully, I had three large parlays going, which would have paid uh, total, I think, $2,400. But I needed, I'd hit everything, but I, I needed San Francisco to cover by one and a half. Don't ever bet on my Niners. And I had the, the Rams. So thankfully, the Niners choked a 15 to 3 lead. Or that would have been Or it. that would have cost me like. Twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred bucks. You can say twenty five thousand dollars. I would have. Like, how much are you gambling? No, right I would have been in murder one <laughs> mode for Mister Todd Gurley. So was that the highlight? And then, of the, your week? and then I had a buddy in our fantasy pool. He had Todd Gurley. He lost in a tie. Oh my goodness! Whoa. So if he had ran even one more yard before taking a, right. a lean knee, he but wins. good on Todd Gurley to say no, screw you, no, fantasy not good football. On, no, it's winning. It is, is about all entertainment. <laughs> Entertainment and gambling. Okay, that is it? how that league has been built. You cannot screw gamblers and entertaining entertainment like that. This is not a league like football doesn't matter about winning and losing. It matters about covering the spread and fulfilling the gamblers' it's enter- wishes. It's, it's entertaining for us, I'll tell you that. Bull- <laughs> people are like, oh, that's the right play. The right play is to score touchdowns, well, cover over. It's so rare that somebody would do that, though, because usually every guy's thinking about his own stats, and he's going to take every advantage to get, a, yeah. get another touchdown. Is it 180 degrees in here? Warm is it just because I'm in my suit? We're not That's in our hot. normal studio today yeah. because of our odd timing. Those radio jerks kicked us out. So it is boiling in yeah, here. It's hot. And I'm just wearing my non-untucked shirt. That's why I have to get an untucked shirt. Also very cool in hot conditions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, I was angry about that. So too. was that your? Was that the highlight or low light of your week? Low light. Highlight, uh, Austin scored his first career goal last hey, week. Hey, Austin is your... Six-year-old. Six-year-old. Yeah, so right. he scored his first career goal. That's a little amazing. backhand. How awesome. and how excited was dad and mom? I uh, mom missed it. Oh my god! She goodness. had to work late, so she's beside herself. But Barrett and I were like, we were like, we were like laughing. We couldn't believe it. We were both in shock. Now, do they have? Is that one is where goalies are like you have a different goalie? Uh, no, no, they had the real goalie in oh, the it was thing. Legit. Yeah, it was a legit goal. Yeah, he scored in like house league and stuff, but those don't their games aren't that legit. Oh, this okay. one was a legit one. Oh, so like it's a rep or a select Yeah, thing? select game, yeah. Oh, okay, so you, you've ruined my story saying they're not legit, but... My... No, not saying it's not legit, but <laughs> no, like no, the I... way they play House League now... No, I know they you're don't, right. They like, don't even do face-offs or anything like this, basically. They, they just, it's like a glorified scrimmage. Okay, so, league, yeah. so same thing with my son. Now, they had goalies in, uh-huh. uh, so he's six or whatever, yeah. playing his first House League game. And, uh, you know, it's that t- you rotate the goalies between the whole team. Everybody gets a weekend as goaltender, right? Okay, no, they yeah, I still do that. Right, but you're right. After a goal, they put the puck behind the net, and the other team just gets to bring it out. Yeah. So I got my big, <laughs> this is how old I am, the video camera yeah. back then. And my son scores four goals on his first shift. Unbelievable. Wow. And it was just like goal, 
Because they had that like that A line, B line, yeah. C line BS. Yeah. And they had him on the B line when really he should have been on the A line. And so that got adjusted. The first game he gets seven goals. I'm like, Woo, I got the greatest player ever. I am going to be made. rest of the season, one goal. <laughs> <laughs> Once he gets on the A line. How was your week, Lester? My week was good. A little trip down to uh, upstate New York for a show with Elton Ron, but uh, everything was good. Came back, wrote some music, oh. including uh Puckpedia thing, so it's all good. All right, you got Untuck It already working on your brain. Working on Untuck It right now too. Let's maybe we should have a brainstorm. Untuck It. You know what rhymes with that? We should probably shouldn't use. (laughs) (laughs) Well, same thing that rhymes with Untuck It. Yeah, no, you're sitting. How about this? All those other shirts can Untuck It. Can uh, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You fill it in. I don't like to swear on the pod. All those other shirts can it. Untuck It. Right. I don't know if that works. Well, wouldn't (laughs) Suck It be better? Oh, okay. suck it. Uh, yeah, also, the other shirts can suck it. We untuck like it. to rock. Uh, we like to. It. <laughs> all right. There you go. There you go. There's just some ideas. Oh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll take ideas. that all on you. <laughs> I'll take that all on our advisements. <laughs> are your Stoff and uh, uh, Puffy are the only ones who have Halloween kids of age? I mean, Lester's got some spread yes. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine, mine are too old. Are your kids all pumped, excited? Uh, yeah. It's Halloween, by the way. When we're taping this, you'll hear yeah. it probably on the weekend. But Yes. Uh, Austin, my youngest, is going as Dash from The Incredibles. Nice. And I am surprising him by going as Mr. Incredible. Look at you. You are Mr. Incredible for doing that. He's going to lose his mind when I come down with the costume. And your other son? Yeah, Barrett's so lazy and stuff, so he picked a costume like two days ago. There was nothing the left. The ghost thing? So he's like, I don't know. He's got a skeleton mask. He's right. got a sword. He's, Mailing it in. Yeah. I don't have kids, so this is truly terrifying. Oh, You're breaking I, the news. Yeah. To me. I forgot. <laughs> I thought I thought <laughs> I stop, didn't had, stop at kids. Either. Oh, I, I at least he, five of them. I thought like, he had like oh. a little two-year-old or something. No. Oh dear. Oh, I should check we've been on doing, that. We've been I together. Did. We've been doing together three <laughs> years. <laughs> I've known Stoff for eight years. <laughs> I just kind of assume all my married friends have little kids. Yeah, wow. See, hilarious. we learned a lot today. The more yeah. you know. The more you. I'm like, Stop has kids. Oh, I miss, I miss Halloween. That was my favorite in our family. You were a big Halloween favorite. guy. Oh yeah, I think we, oh. I think we talked about this on the pod. I used to do crazy stuff at my house. Yeah. Um, my favorite ever. There were two things I did. Once I dug a ditch in my house. This is back in my the neighborhood we were just discussing uh, with all the young families for the sex party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't dig a ditch for the sex party. I dug a ditch right next to my sidewalk, covered me in leaves, and it was in like a ghoul. And as the kids would walk by, I would reach out and grab their ankle. Oh, That's pretty good. Yeah, that was What's terrifying. Wrong with you? <laughs> Don't do that around ten because you'd have some teenagers peeing on I you. I know you probably couldn't do this stuff now. Equally as good, should have done it then. We uh, we have. <laughs> it's not that long ago, Jimmy. <laughs> we took a <laughs> we took a table. Yeah, I had this like table in my garage. I cut a hole in the table with a saw. Then I cut a hole in the Halloween basket, and we covered the it, with the table uh, with a big you know a big sheet. Yeah, and I was under the table. And so we'd have, we had it outside on the front porch. So when the kids came up and said, just reach in and grab what you want. So they'd reach into the bowl and my hand would grab them from underneath through the bowl Jeez. and yank their arm. Oh, I was, I terrified children. Kids would come oh. by the, the, like in y- years after that and go, they'd run by our house. Daddy, daddy, that's the house. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was great. Can now I have some of your ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> and now we do nothing because no kids come to our, once you live in the compound. Do the, do the, yeah, exactly. Do the, do the. <laughs> They don't get within a mile of that place. <laughs> do the kids, uh, your kids, go out, or like do they go to parties? Uh, Gra- or anything? Gracie might have gone out. Like Gracie's fifteen now. I think she might have gone out last year, but we said it was the last year. We'll probably. She likes to get the dogs dressed up, which I hate dressing up the dogs, but the kids like it, so they'll put a. We got one pumpkin outfit for the fat French bulldog, and then <laughs> we got a cop outfit for the for the skinny Boston Terrier, and we'll take them for a walk. 
and my my daughter gets excited out of that thing. So there you go. Um, anyway, um, that is the week that was. Uh, Stoff, your week? Anything? Other than not having kids, no. <laughs> but that was quite kids. the development. It was a big revelation. <laughs> uh, did you wear that bear head all day, like on doing your morning radio show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, a little sweaty? hard to operate. Uh, yeah, the temperature wasn't so much the problem. It's just you can't. I can only see if I look out one of the eyes. So. Mm. Were you guys um, fans of the kids in the hall? Uh, they had a character named Dave's. Yeah, no, a character called uh, Cabbage Head. No, I don't yeah, it was one of the Taves. It was a great character. His name was Cabbage. He was his head was his top of his head was a cabbage, <laughs> and so one Halloween I went out as Cabbage Head. So okay. it's like a sleazy guy in a suit smoking a cigar with a cabbage head, and so I had a real cabbage that I put. A, it's like your cabbage is your hair more yeah. than anything else. And I went to this party, and I think I was might have been still. I don't know if I was single at the time, or maybe uh, I was. You were sh- probably single, but that cabbage started to reek. About halfway through the night, oh. cabbage goes bad really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, hey, you want to dance? <laughs> no. no. You smell no. like rotten cabbage. <laughs> uh, the week that was is brought to you by the Gans of Horton, Turks and Caicos. You work too hard, you need a vacation, so be like Jimmy and go to Turks and Caicos. Luxury and class of five-star resort, you must book the Gans of A nice villa at the Gans Jimmy's faced with a dilemma. He got an email this week that uh, a two-bedroom at the Gansevoort has come up for sale, the exact one that Jimmy wanted. Ooh, Jimmy. boy. It's a big investment, though. I got to... But, Jimmy, it's worth it. What could go wrong? (laughs) Probably not much. Exactly. Fantastic investment. Great, great spot. I don't want any of my listeners to snag it up before... uh, That's true, because I think we have a pretty wealthy... (laughs) Listen. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, no intern this week, uh, just because we're a little pressed today. Yeah. I got to do my Bobby Orr interview in about ten minutes, so we got to oh, get wow. done this thing. Here we go. Uh, we'll start uh, more vetting next week. We'll continue the vetting process. Yes. Another candidate, Zach Phillips, who is the only candidate I have met in person. Oh, you have nice. Zach Phillips. Uh, I guess went to my kid's high school. There's no favoritism. He actually he has his own podcast. He submitted quite an extensive. Uh, Resume and uh, Zach Phillips. Will, I've been on his podcast. Oh, really? Although I think he had his laptop stolen and it never aired or something like that. So, <laughs> some horrific, sad story. But Zach Phillips will be our uh, internship candidate next week. Uh, Scott Reynolds and Scott Erlinson have been waging a bit of a war. <laughs> are the as Scots? You know. yeah. Scott Erlinson sent me another email this week carving Laura Cope. It was just <laughs> like say, saying Laura Cope's a great person, but this is what I can do that Laura Cope can't. So they're the most intense competitors yeah, so they far. They want to win. Um, and they're like those guys in The Bachelor who you know aren't there for the right reasons, but they want to f***ing win, so they're like pulling out all the stops. By the way, Scott Reynolds tells me he has more episodes of 1999 Puffy on oh, the way. Oh, nice. But uh, you guys, it's uh, campaign time in the States, too, with the midterms yes, coming up next true. week. Very and, important election. Uh, more in the States than Canada, but it's happened recently in Canada. You have those... Um, those campaign ads, their attack ads, yes. Yes. where they praise themselves and then they go after their opponent. Yeah. So Scott, Re- Scott Reynolds this week did a, decided to do an attack ad on Scott Erlinson. <laughs> so here it is. Last week, intern finalist and Alberta resident Scott Erlinson managed to untie his panties about how much worse Connor McDavid is than Austin Matthews for long enough to make an appearance on the Rubber Boots podcast. 
Unfortunately, he used this opportunity to spread misinformation about his internship rival, Scott Reynolds, who is widely known to be worldly, multi-talented, and a generous lover. Erlinson claimed to have confronted Scott on Twitter, when in reality, he sent him a message saying, and I quote, Hey man, heard you on rubber boots the other week, just wanted to say you did a wicked job, loved the songs, cheers, end quote. Meanwhile, internship candidate Scott Reynolds is working hard to raise the international profile of the podcast. For example, that beautiful Bulgarian girl he took out to dinner on Tuesday last week. She had never even heard of the podcast. He may not have gotten a second date, but he might have gained one new listener. That's dedication. So Erlinson, I've only got two words for you. Train this. He, he can't see you. What? This is a radio spot. He can't see you grabbing your sack when you say that. Well, it's implied, okay? Shut up. I'm Scott Reynolds, and I approve this message. Your move, face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he got a little oh, intense at the end. That good. is brilliant. <laughs> is it dangerous to us when we realize that one of our internship candidates is more creative than <laughs> more us? Creative. Way more creative <laughs> And puts way more, more importantly, puts way more effort into the podcast yeah, <laughs> than we do. <laughs> Uh, we'll I'm a see. big fan of his. <laughs> we'll see if Scott Erlinson has a uh, response oh. next week. Uh, it's time for Puffy's Hypotheticals. Puffy's Hypotheticals, who really gives a crap? All the ladies want to hear is the Rod Smith recap. Blah, 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 blah. Roddy is the best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Puffy, all right. We're five minutes away from the Bobby Orr interview. So I have a Bobby Orr hypothetical. Why? That is perfect. You've tied in and segued That's to the end of the podcast nice. perfectly. What this is this? Uh, how many years <laughs> off your life would you give to be as good as Bobby Orr is at hockey? So you're you're starting your life over essentially. Yeah, you're starting. You're, we'll say you're you're 18 years old, and you're. And you are now Bobby, yeah. Bobby or abilities. Yeah, and you will live to at least 45. Ugh. Well, Bobby or is 70, so you you could be, oh, but okay, oh, yeah. you have to, you lived, so you can't say 60 years. I would yeah. take his 20s and be gone. Yeah. But you're giving up years off your life. Yeah, every season you give up a year. <laughs> wow. No, you're asking us how many years we'd give up. Yeah. You can't set a math formula. Uh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what yeah. you mean. So he, he plays 20. Are we going to have Bobby Orr's knee issues and have our careers cut short? We don't know. We don't know. You just You're have, have abil- his ability. You're 18 with his ability, ability. right now. Lester, you want to start? Wow. You're a big hockey guy. Jeez. And I could own at least 45? Yeah, you get, you're going to get at least 45. I get lucky. So if you said ten years, you I could have be trouble dead at with 35. these giving up years yeah, questions because I don't like giving up years well, of my life. No, what am I no, going to get again? Bobby Orr's talent is why don't you for why free, don't Jimmy? Got to give something to get something. I think again, you're not really interested in the talent as much as everything else that that will bring you in your life. Well, I would like to live <laughs> Bobby Orr's off season. <laughs> it was quite good in the sixties. Uh, okay, I'll well, Lester ponders. I'm I'll give up ten years of my life. 
So if if the average age of a male is eighty per se, I don't know what it is. Let's yeah. say it's eighty for a healthy, yeah, uh, healthy male in Canada. Um, I would die at seventy to have Bobby Orr's life. But it's yeah. a, it's tough. I don't want to like. I'm not going to give up fifty years or something to have twenty years of greatness. I mean, then you got to give up everything I've. I've had Puffy. That's true. Well, that's... I mean, the question is, how many years of your life would you give up for mine? <laughs> Jimmy? Ooh, that's pretty tough. I'm, or I'm, even Lester's I to know. be on stage like I that. To just to play the music. Though. Or being stuff and not having any kids. I know. <laughs> and a bear head. And a bear head. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, you, you, we joke, but I mean, I played this wicked cool gig on Monday night and I had to come back to my desk job the next day. It was tough. Right. You know what I mean? You're a rock yeah. star for See, a night. It's a tough question for us, too, because Lester and I have such fabulous lives. It's true. <laughs> Well, what are you saying about <laughs> mine? <laughs> well, yes. we know you're all going to end up being murdered by gamblers. Your bookie, my bookie's the internet. I'm going to say, I'm going to just to speed this along. I'm going to say seven years. Seven years. So you give, give up, up seven, seven years. years. Seven years yeah. of your life to have Bobby's thing. Yeah. Puffy, I give up 14 years of my life. Wow. I want to make years. sure I got these. I want to get through free agency. I want to get that second big contract. Wow. He's <laughs> like, you're, you're going to probably, like, seven years, you're not even going to get to free agency, Lester. Well, I don't even, I, I don't understand the correlation you're making right now. Seven years for, you're giving up 14. Years, you seven years, you give up seven years of your life. Oh, for seven, seven years. years. So you'll give Bobby up 14. Orr. Oh, See, oh. I, I kind of figured you, you, you'd I, give up, uh, oh, wait a second, 10 years. So every year you give, every year. <laughs> this no, is no. the most confusing yeah, hypothetical I've confusing. ever done. No, every year that you give up, you get one year of Bobby Orr's ability. Oh, you so... Don't, yeah, like, you don't get it for forever. Oh, so at 30... I just thought you got to be Bobby Orr, but you had to... That's... that's. But your life's cut short. That's what I thought. your no, life's no, cut no. short. You only get... You, lead, for get every to lead, year. you get to lead a Bobby Orr-type life, but then you have to cut it off. No, if, you if have, that, Okay, well, what if it's... ability. Okay, I get that. So I'll stick with 10. I want 10 years of Bobby Orr's... So you get to be... But, really good at hockey for 10 years. Right. But then I'm and losing then 10 years of my life. And you're the 10 years of your life, and then you're not good at hockey anymore. <laughs> okay. So what about if you did it my way? You get to lead Bobby Hoare's entire life. Uh, well, Bobby Orr type skillage and all the millions it would bring you and all of that other stuff. How much of your life would you give up to live that life? Well, I'd, Would I'd, you die at 60? Would you be content dying with 60 if you led Bobby Orr's life? My yeah, probably. But you, again, your children play into it then. Yeah. Grandkids, you see? I'd see my children. I wouldn't see my grandkids. Right. Well, take children out of the equation. Make it a staff question. <laughs> no, <laughs> no kids involved. No kids involved. You don't have a wife. You haven't met the beautiful Tanya yet. You don't uh, have any children. I'd probably go... We're giving I'd, you this scenario. You're 18-year-old Puffy. I'd 1999 go, Puffy. I think I would give 35 years. Whoa! Wow. So you would die under my math at 55 to lead that 18 to 55 no, years of not, glory. No, 45, Jimmy. Your oh, math 45. is terrible. Did I? 80. 80. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 45. You're done at 45. 45, yeah. See, one I'm more st- year. I I'm still sticking year. with only 10 years on that. So I'm staying with mine. So then you have my bare head spinning us. To, I'm not really <laughs> sure what this question is anymore. Uh, can I... Do I choose what years I take off of my life? No, no, no. It's the end. If I don't want to go to school at the beginning of my life, and then start <laughs> no, no, no. it's um, only the end. Ah, uh, yikes. Well, not too many. I mean, how many years do I need on top of the world? I'll say five as Bobby Orr, and then, and then I see. Then then I duck out at 75. <laughs> I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, will be all right. He's going to yeah. have a rookie endorsements, deal. Books. He stops on to something because really, okay, it's 18. I'd like to go to 25. Like, maybe, like Lester said, seven years. You get, yeah. Seven great years being that, then you just want to 
settle down and play no golf chance. like I do. You want anyway. like 12 years. I know. You want to go to at least it your 30. Eh? But, but look, addictive. I mean, how many did Bobby play, actually? Right? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <laughs> look, just, it, just because I have to interview him Add it in number now. I would say Bobby played like nine great years. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And then, you know, obviously yeah. it ended really... Just because of the injuries, poorly. Yeah. And I wonder uh, how many years Bobby Orr would take add to add to his career to be healthy. Honestly, I think it's take I actually, off his life to add to his career. I think oh, he played from sixty nine, sixty eight to to seventy. Sixty six to uh, his last year was seventy eight, seventy nine, but he didn't play in seventy seven, seventy eight. So yeah. with the Bruins, he was a Blackhawk, right? Right. Yeah. 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 I think about twelve good years with the Bruins, and then the Blackhawks. And he played twenty six games total with the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, anyway, good question. Not Unless, your, not not not, not your, really. No, not your no, best. But I know really. you, you. I I wrote you a text last night and said, "Give me something, Bobby Orr, to lead us yeah. into Bobby Orr." So I kind of threw you from your usual. Yeah. You know, I had a pretty good billion dollar one. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Save it for next week. <laughs> Save it for next week. So anyway, the uh, my story in pictures, Bobby Orr book. Uh, check it out. And uh, this is a huge thrill as we end the pod today yeah. with an interview with the greatest defenseman. Say hi for us. A lot of people would argue the greatest player <laughs> of all time, Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr behind the net, the Sanderson Orr. So you've been the subject of countless books over the years, but this one, and maybe it's the photos, just seems really personal. Why this book? Why now? Well, I did the book two years ago. That was more biography, whatever you call it. Right. Yeah, more in more writing. I was I was visiting with my sister Penny. My when my parents passed, my sister Penny um, had the boxes of photos. And I'm going through the photos, and I'm I'm amazed. I was amazed at the photos that that my parents took 80 years ago. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And my dad was in the in the navy, and he's got photos on the on the ship. And you imagine today trying to get a camera on a warship. Right. <laughs> so I'm looking at the photos, and I had a ton of photos at at home myself. And uh, the guy by the name of Nick Garrison, who you know, your mm-hmm. friend Nick, uh, wanted to do. A photo book, and I, I first said no. I didn't didn't want to do do another book. I didn't want to travel, and so on and so forth. But I'm looking at the photos, and I saw some photos of old friends like uh, Billy Spear and and Johnny Pie, and you know the old teammates and guys like Ross Johnson and guys who helped me through the years. And we had really nice photos of them. So I said, you know, maybe I will do this. So I put it together with some wonderful photos of my parents way back before, I think some before they were even married. And that's kind of the cool part, because yeah. it looks like you're looking through an Orr family photo album. Well, that's, that was what we hoped we would do, and we went through the years from growing up in Paris Sound and Oshawa and so on and so forth. So uh, I, I'm really happy with it. I, I've got some of my dear friends in there, uh, uh, Mike Dubo. Mike Dubo uh, was my first mate, uh, roommate in Oshawa. And I was homesick. He lived in Penetang. I lived in the Perry Sound. Um, I was homesick. Uh, he was lovesick. <laughs> what was her so, name? Yeah, Carol. And they're still married. <laughs> so we'd be out on the highway hitchhiking to go home to see our families. And, and in the book, it's going... Wait a second, you hitchhiked home? Yeah, from Oshawa. We would hitchhike. After we, you played we, the games? We didn't have cars, and we weren't supposed to. We were supposed to stay in Oshawa. But we said... You know, we're going home. Anyway, 
Uh, we have uh, in the in the book we have photos of Mike and I in uniform, and then uh, as my first roommate, and then I was the best man at his wedding, and I went to his 50th anniversary. And the point being, friendship. And Mike never played in the pros. And the, the point friendship being, lasts a lifetime. I mean, that's what sports can yeah. be, and that's what I think some parents have to have to, to look even at, in minor sports. Those are, those can be friendships forever, yeah. uh, and uh, that's what Mike and I were. And then we, Johnny McKenzie. Uh, in the old days, the guys worked in summertime. Mm -hmm. We didn't train <laughs> like they do today. Or uh, Johnny McKenzie, there's a great photo in there of Johnny. He, he worked the rodeos. And he's roping, roping a calf. He's coming off his ho horse, roping a calf. And that's what Johnny did. Billy Spear, who we picked up late in the 70 before the playoffs uh, in a trade. He was our, uh, our clubhouse barber. In the summertime, he was a barber. Wow. And Billy is in there and uh, on and on. So it, there's a lot of stories uh, to the photos. You mentioned Oshawa. You, you commute in there on weekends as a 14-year-old to play for the Generals, yep. uh, playing against guys as much as five years older than you. And you say that they trash-talked you. What kind of things would they say? Um, I was still in public school. <laughs> so they would tell me to go back to grade eight. <laughs> uh, you know, they were just... Seeing if I'd hang in there, and uh, did you did you shoot back at them? No, I would never have. Done that. <laughs> I didn't talk to anyone back then. <laughs> I would. The only thing that saved me through going in there so young is that I could skate, and if I couldn't couldn't have skated the way I did, I would have been in deep trouble because you know they tested you. The same as when I turned pro uh, at 18, uh, you were tested, or I was tested. What did they say then? Oh, nothing. They would just hit me a lot and and try to to try to engage me <laughs> uh but i had to stand up and i stood up but that's but early on you know when i went to my first training camp in, in niagara falls mm -hmm. see, niagara falls and oshawa were both owned by the bruins so they had the niagara falls training camp i mean Marat was there you know, favel was there dougie was there so uh, i got beat up pretty good there though in that camp let's get some of the photos number four bobby Orr's this rhyme that we Slip, slid off our tongues for generations now. And on page four of your book, uh, there's Bobby Orr, number four. But you wore number two in minor hockey uh, with Oshawa. Uh, number two was taken when you got to the Bruins. Mm -hmm. Why number four? You didn't request a number. If they handed you a sweater, you took it. <laughs> but you wore 27 in the training camp. Tra I wore 27. I wore 30. I wore one. And then they just gave and you four? I didn't have, when, when I was told in those days, we trained in London, Ontario, at Treasure Island. And uh, as the training camp was ending, the general managers would be calling the players in and telling them where to go. They called me in and told me to go back to Boston to finish training camp. Because training camp was three or four weeks then. And when I left there, I didn't know I was going to be number four opening night went to my stall and it was number four there but i didn't request a sweater you think somebody in that organization was smart enough to go number four bobby Orr? no <laughs> and no, don't forget in those days the uh defensemen normally wore the low numbers right you know, they tried to put the defensemen in the low numbers but Boy, it's uh, when i left training camp i didn't know i was going to wear number four just be so different if it was 27 or something <laughs> these days your goal celebrations uh, they range from humble like this one against the atlanta flames where 
you basically do nothing, a spectacular goal, and then just bend over. And they do nothing. Well, <laughs> on the celebration. Oh, and then, of course, the historic, this one we all know, the game winner in the, Stan- to the Stanley Cup. But for the most part, your goal celebrations were very subdued. Yep. Were you trying intentionally to not show up your opponents? No, I just didn't think that was a thing to do. I mean, but for those players that want to celebrate in different ways, I'm not criticizing them either. That was the way I was. That's the way I wanted to to celebrate. That's the way I always celebrated, and I wasn't going to. The most uh, most I ever, emotion I ever showed was the was the overtime goal. But a, a dream was about to come true. You know, when yes, that was justified. Yeah, that was. What do you think of today's sellies, which often are more choreographed? You think of Kuznetsov, who does the bird thing, <laughs> and one of your clients, Austin Matthews, did the ear thing in Chicago. Patrick Kane answered, which was very I'm, cool. But what do you think of those? I'm not. I mean, the NHL. We go to our All Star game. What do we do? Guys come out dressed up. So it's entertainment. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and criticize a player or a team for uh, for celebrating in a mm-hmm. different way because I didn't celebrate that way. It's everyone is different, and they're trying to sell the game. It's like there's the the big controversy now in in, in Carolina with their with their winning. What do you think of that? <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> but they do wait till the team gets off the ice. Right. The, the opponents get off the ice. So, I but mean, it, like you say, it's for the fans. It's, we're we're trying to enter, uh, the Carolina thing is for the fans, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to promote our game. The league does at our All Star game with a lot of things that that goes on, which is fine. We're trying to sell the game. So I couldn't I, have ever imagined though Bobby Orr putting on a costume and doing I some shootout well, thing. That was my way. I wouldn't have done it. I probably would not have done it. But that was the way I was. Some of the guys, well, and that's fine. I'm not going to criticize them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for hockey geeks like me, one of the cool things is in the book is behind-the-scenes photos with your equipment in the dressing room, outside the dressing room. Your stick. You started with a, a fully taped stick. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, you have one little piece of tape <laughs> How did you end up at the end with, what was the point of that? I wish I had a real good story for you. <laughs> I just, I started off, as you say, with tape. But I just, in the end, I had no tape. I mean, I just, I just Did you to... slowly cut off piece by piece no, as you went no, through the I, years? I went from, I think, fully to the to one or two, two, two uh, rolls. I just like the feel. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really, I wish I had, you know what, I should make up a story. I really should make it. <laughs> that's what hey, books that's, are for. Let's make up a good story. <laughs> it's like I didn't wear socks in my skates. Right. And the reason I didn't wear socks in my skates, when I was playing junior, you know, we had one pair of socks. We didn't have extra socks like they do in the pros, and they forgot my socks, so I didn't wear socks and felt fine, and I never wore socks again. When my son was seven years old, his first rep team, there was a kid who didn't wear socks. And all the kids were looking at him like he was funny. And he said, that's because my dad told me Bobby Orr never wore socks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to that father. <laughs> if, if you were playing today with medical science the way yeah. we know it is, how much longer do you think you could have played the game? I have no idea how much longer I could have played. I certainly, with the technology today, I certainly would have had a chance to play longer uh, back then, if you had the symptoms of a cartilage or a ligament, the, yeah. the big cut. And it's three and, years, and though, every, five years? Every time they open it, it weakens it. So, But with the scope today, and I started getting scopes later on, mm-hmm. but, but it was long after a few of the big cuts. Who knows? <laughs> I really don't know. All I know is I, I love my time <laughs> playing. I, I was being paid uh, to play a game. 
Uh, I loved the Bruins. Uh, I never, even through injuries, I never lost my uh, love for the game. Uh, it gave me so much. Uh, friendships, uh, people are so good to my family, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. It's just, it's been great. Would I do it all over again the same way? I probably would. <laughs> I'm a little bit stubborn. <laughs> I probably would have played the same way. And, you know, people, I played a game, there's a lot of hitting. And if you handle the puck a lot in our game, you're going to be hit a lot. So I was hit a lot. So my style certainly didn't help my, help my play. Yeah, get to more of that my in just a second. The Leafs were prominent in your history. Marcel Provino, first mm-hmm. injured in your knee. Yep. Pat Quinn almost incited a riot. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, in Boston. Well, <laughs> okay, it was a riot then. <laughs> you had a six-point game against the Leafs as well. Did you get extra revved up to play against your home province team throughout oh, your career? I think any of the teams, even today, coming to Maple Leaf Gardens is big for them. Most of the teams have a lot of local local players. I loved coming into Toronto. I, I loved going into Montreal. Uh, I always knew they were going to be tough games, but I love coming into Maple, the old Maple Leaf Gardens to play. I was a Leaf fan. Uh, That's who you cheered for growing up in Growing up, my grandpa, we used to watch the Leafs. He, he said he didn't like the Leafs, but I think he was a closet Leaf fan. He really was. <laughs> but no, uh, we grew up watching the Leafs, you know, Foster U at Hockey Night in Canada. And I was a Leaf fan, uh, Alan and, and Brewer and Stanley and Brewer did it. Yeah, I, I, I was a Leaf fan. You just spoke of the way you played the game and that you wouldn't change it, but a, a lot of people believed your courage was a curse. Let's listen to Pat Quinn for a second. In a way, you'd almost say, oh, Bobby, I wish you weren't that brave because we would have had you longer. Is he right? I mean, you say you wouldn't change anything, but if you could do it over, would you be a little less reckless, more careful? I don't know how you stop that. How do I... The way I played my, from the time I was a squirt, mm-hmm. I played that way. I just. But you see players like just, Taylor Hall nowadays said he had to stop, you know, going in quite as hard because he was crashing yeah. to the boards and getting hurt. Could you have done anything differently? No, I mean, I mean, I was, I'll admit I was a little reckless sometimes trying to sneak by on the boards with the pronable check. That was a legit check. I just was dragging my leg trying to sneak by him. That was the first injury when he had, but that mm-hmm. wasn't a, a vicious hit. I don't remember ever being hurt, taking a vicious hit and then say, oh, I've hurt my knee. I don't ever remember that. It's just wear and time, tear. wear and tear. Uh, one time I stepped off a chair and then he just, just buckled. One time we're in Detroit and the, and the old Olympia used to have to step up over and onto the ice and I went up like that and my knee locked. So it was, you know, obviously it probably came from hits over time. But there wasn't that there moment wasn't where that you're... bang where I knew, boy, I hurt my knee. No. Mm-hmm. With Marcel, I did. But that wasn't a, that was a, you know, just dragging my leg. It's an anniversary. Exactly 40 years ago, you played your final game in the National Hockey League, November 1st, 1978, against the Vancouver Canucks. Before that game or during that game, did you have an inkling this was the end? I didn't know f- for sure it was going to be that night, but I knew it was close. <laughs> I, I was really struggling. Uh, I knew it was close. I and then after that game, I just some things happened in the game where I couldn't turn. Uh, you know, this things I couldn't do anymore that I used to do. Was there one particular play you remember? No, or I don't it? remember the player or play, but I just I just couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strength of the knee, and I knew it was coming uh, for a few games. I just had to 
get it and the things call it a it's time and uh, but I remember it clearly it's just but it wasn't just all of a sudden no oh, I got right. I have to quit it's it was it was coming Daryl Sittler said though you were better on on one leg than everybody else on two uh, you obviously disagreed with that comment was it still a tough decision to retire oh it's always a tough decision I wasn't very old either 30 I, I was 30 years old but I hadn't played in a couple of years uh, or much in a couple of I've been 26 games mm -hmm. Um, it's always a tough decision when, when you have to go. When you have to say I'm finished, it's no. They're going to force it, me out of yeah, here. Well, I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> uh, it's always a tough decision when you have this down and say yes, it's over. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking my skates. Difficult. Yes. The difficult part was, uh, what am I going to do? And now I have to go to the WORK. <laughs> I have to go to work. <laughs> and I, oh my God! But I had some wonderful friends that supported me and helped me along the way, and thank God for them. Um, I didn't have a lot when I retired, uh, but I had some friends that, the Ross Johnsons of the world, were, were just great friends and really, really helped me out. And you found a way and to stay my, in hockey too, right? Yeah, stayed in hockey a little bit, and my family were, mm -hmm. well, poor Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, you're, this is the way it's going to be for the next 40 years? You're going to be around all the time? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I know you hate what-ifs, but I, this one's too irresistible. If, if you had made it to the next season, you would have played Wayne Gretzky in his first game in the National Hockey League, October 10th, 1979. That might be one of hockey's great what-ifs. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine you two on the ice together, what that would have been like? Yeah, I can imagine. It would have been great. I mean, he... <laughs> I have great respect for Wayne and his game. Uh, what he's done, as we were talking earlier, and to me this is greatness. Often when I talk to kids, I'll ask the question, have you ever seen Wayne Gretzky play? And most of them have. I say, have you ever seen him play a bad game? No. I mean, players like Wayne, they always do something. They may have some off games, but they always do something. It's like, puts you on the edge of your season. That's, that's what was so great about Wayne. But it would have been, I did play a game with Wayne, by the way. What was that? It was, a, it was a benefit game in Winnipeg, a fundraiser for Billy Heindel, and he and I played together. What year? Was he... <laughs> what year? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, was he done? I, uh, was he no, playing? Oh, no, he was still playing. Oh, really? And I, uh, I had retired, but he was still playing. Wow. Yeah. There's a photo somewhere beside, of us together beside the on the bench. Wow. That's, that's as close as I got to Wayne on the ice. <laughs> your, your teammate Johnny Busick said you had 16 levels of fast. <laughs> Scotty Bowman says of your client Connor McDavid that he has another level of fast from everybody else. When you see McDavid score a goal like the one he scored Tuesday night, that has to give you some flashbacks <laughs> to you. Come on. No, are you kidding? But that difference in speed from you and everybody else is similar you, you, to Connor you, you and everybody else. you really think that I can do some of I mean, I mean, I may have some speed. And I could skate with the puck. Well, what this kid does? Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. And you know what they said when you came into the league? We've never seen anything like oh. it. I know you're humble. But we were but different. No, I'm, I mean we we're different kinds of players too. I was, I don't know, more of a bull, whatever you want to say, or whatever, whatever. But the I way was. you he flew just... by, you could take it from end to end like that. And the gap between you and the rest, to me, was similar to the gap between McDavid and the rest right now. But I don't think there's a, there's anybody. That from a standstill, from standstill, Connor with the puck, mm -hmm. with the puck. It's different with the puck than without the puck. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody from standstill, and you just can't, nobody. I haven't seen anybody catch him.
He's one of those guys who's faster with the puck. And I've always, when they say that about people, how can you be faster with the puck than skating without it? Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. I would, if I was coaching, especially kids, I would never let them do drills without the puck. Make them do drills with the puck because it's, it's different. It, it's hard. But, he's, but there's a kid that's got a passion for the game, a love for the game. He wants to go out every night. We all have levels we play at. You know, he's different. He's way up here. But he plays at that level every night as, as, as Matthews is going to is. is are great players. You know, Wayne did, Mario did, Sid, Sid does, Sid's, Sid's special. Sid's, yeah, he's special. You, met, you mentioned Austin, who had this great start to the season before the shoulder injury, and some people compared him to Jean Beliveau. I'm not going to make you do one of the comparisons, but how do you describe his game? I, I first of all, will say that I think before Austin's finished, he's going to be talked about like one of the great Leafs. I think he's going to be that kind of player. I think Austin's a player that you can put in any situation. He's going to score. He's going to be dependable defensively. And I think Austin's going to be one of the great leaps. I really do. I think he's comparing him to anybody. I mean, I don't, I don't like comparing players. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're their own. Yeah, I was me. He's, he, you know, I, I just don't like doing that. But Austin's going to be getting him back healthy. And the Leafs... Leafs are going to be fine. You know what's amazing with this generation of that's grown up that never really saw Bobby Orr play, and yet you're still relevant. And, and I knew this because I got a call in the summer, and it was from management of the Foo Fighters, who were doing a concert in Boston, and they said they wanted to wear uh, this T-shirt that they had designed. Right here, Steve. This, this T-shirt that they had designed. And, and I called Bob McKenzie, and he called you, said because they, they wanted your permission. They weren't, weren't going to put this. They said, would this be okay if we wore this in Boston? And, uh, and I think your answer was, yeah, that's oh, well, cool. cool. It is kind of cool, isn't and it? And he's just giving me my shirt, yeah. my T-shirt. I was he's, supposed he's, to give this to you. He was you. keeping them they, for they, himself. They, they sent it to me, and I was supposed <laughs> to give it to you, and, and I never did. I feel awful about that. But they got the Foo Fighters face, of that's course, good. on you. But there, there you go. That's pretty cool, Thank isn't you. it? <laughs> That is cool. I got one more question for you sure. because this is a book about photos. Uh, uh, we picked our favorite photo, and, and I, it's this one with you and Silaps and these gigantic gloves. Who won, who won that game, by the and, way? Well, that's the great part, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It looks like just pure happiness at the end of a tournament between the both of you. Yeah. That's, that's our favorite photo. Do you I, have a, a favorite from the book? I, I have a, a lot of I love them all. But it, the, the, as we spoke earlier about the early ones, my parents, had, I hadn't seen some of those. They really, I mean, it was incredible to see those. So I, I've got to say, but many of them were with my dad presenting uh, Terry Fox, the Team Canada sweater, as he ran through Perry Sound and, you know, Johnny Pie off the horse. Uh, I mean, all my teammates, my friends, I mean. Yeah. But the early ones were, were special because I, I really hadn't, people are coming in now and giving me more photos of my parents. So there's a sequel well, I coming. Wish I, I wish I'd had them earlier because there there are some great ones. But uh, but I, I I really enjoy them all. And the, the Salaps one was great. That's. Yeah. But if you look at the other photo where we're with the five six young kids having sodas, that was in Gananoque after we were beaten in Gananoque. We went to have sodas with the team that beat us. Again, we're smiling. That's minor hockey. That's minor hockey. Uh, it, it's a great book and and, and a great. You know, we think of memoirs and words, but I, I can't think of a better memoir than all those photos. Thank you, Thank you Bobby. Hey, how are you? 
I got a question that I really wanna ask you. Wait. Don't hang up. I need to know, so I'm gonna try and push my luck. Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, blue, black, or white? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? And do you like the dunk tank at the fair? I know it's a little strange. My obsession with your choice of footwear in the rain. Just don't fall in. Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, blue, black, or white? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? And do you like a dunk tank at a fair? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? No, seriously. Are you wearing your rubber boots? Don't hang up. Please. Somebody. Hey? Hey? Anyone? <laughs> 